0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Café. This is the United Podcast Network.
1: Good morning,
2: fellow cigar passionados and passionadas. Welcome to this week's episode of the Ash broadcast live. From the Sereno Royale stage at the 20, at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, it's time to kick back and light up as we bring you this special Saturday edition of the Ashles, celebrating the grand opening of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe and International Podcast Day. We are always entertaining, always, well, generally unscripted, and totally unfiltered. You can stream and download us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And of course at theashholes.net, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at The theashholes and on Instagram at Ash Holes Radio. Oliver is still traveling, but we are joined by Jared Trudeau of Christoph Cigars. We're glad to have him with us. Welcome to the show, man.
3: Thank you very much. It's glad. I'm glad to be here. This studio is beautiful. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> it is absolutely it's totally unbelievable. amazing. Yeah. It's like the Rolls Royce of podcast studios. It's
2: yeah, it's just, yeah, this is, yeah. you feel like you're royalty when
3: you're up Yeah, here. it's unbelievable. And I have this coffee, this nitro, that oh my looks gosh. like I'm drinking a Guinness. Yeah. And I would probably rather be drinking this coffee than a Guinness mm. at this point. It's delicious.
2: My gosh, guys. If you live anywhere near Salem, New Hampshire, you have to get down here, come up to the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's in Two Guys Smoke shop. come up the stairs. Get yourself one of these cold brew nitro coffees. I don't know anywhere else around that has this. I haven't
4: seen anywhere around here. I haven't
2: seen. I don't think there's anywhere else around here, uh, at least within a, at least outside of Boston. Yeah, there must be some place in Boston. It's more yeah. popular
4: outside, like, West Coast. I know it's, like, okay. big in that, you know, Oregon all that area. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's making its way out here. But, you know, this is yeah. early on it. Yeah. yeah. Where
2: have you seen a coffee with a head?
3: Yeah.
4: This is fantastic. It's just <laughs> it really
2: un- unbelievable coffee. It's yeah. fantastic. So you got to go. And when you're in the coffee shop drinking your coffee, you're in the audience watching the show, just like everybody out here is. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, how'd you get into Kristoff cigars?
3: So, um, it was probably about seven or eight years ago I met um, Glenn Case at a cigar right. event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn was the owner of Christoph. And he was doing a uh, he was doing a cigar event, and uh, there were probably 120 guys there. It was a ticketed event and everything. Yeah. My father t- my father calls me and he says, "Hey, you gotta come, you gotta come meet this Christoph guy, whatever. We're doing an event." And I had the day off, so I'm like, "Yeah, screw it, I'll go." So I show up to the event, and Glenn's walking around and he's doing cigar trivia. Um, so for every question that you got right, he would give you a cigar for free. And it just so happens that the day before, I read an article on Christoph in Cigar Journal. So out of 120 guys, I'm the only one that has done any studying for this particular test. So I ended up – I fleeced him for half a box of cigars. I think I got eight of the ten questions right. So I leave with $80 in cigars. And so finally he gets up there and he's had a couple cocktails. He's walking around. He's thanking everybody for coming to the event. And at the time that he walked up to our table, he's like, um, he's like thank you guys so much for coming, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he was smoking a box press cigar. And I knew that Christoph had never made a box of a cigar. Okay. And it just so happened that it burned up to the label at the time that he was getting to our table. Mm-hmm. So he takes the label off, throws it in my ashtray, says, Thank you very thank you guys again for coming, blah, 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 walks away. Gets up maybe five or six minutes later, and he's like, I will give anybody five cigars if they know the name of my new line. And I'm, like, and I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> he just threw the label on my ashtray. So, so I go into the ashtray. I pick it up. It says, Galarani's Intensivo. So I lit it on fire with my lighter and destroyed the evidence <laughs> like any good yeah. Hood, yeah. hoodlum would do. And I destroyed it. And then um, I said, uh, I raised my hand. I said, hey, that's a Gallerone series. And he's like, ran over to the table. And he's like, brother, how did you know that? And I'm like, oh, I'm just real sense of the industry, you know, blah blah blah. So at this point, he thinks. So at this point, I've studied for the test. Yeah. I've cheated on the <laughs> yeah. test. Yeah. And at this point, he thinks I'm like either a stalker of Kristoff, <laughs> or I'm like to rain me. So he asked me, he's like, what he's like, what do you uh, what do you do for a living? And I said I work for Target. Now he really thinks he thinks I'm will hunting at this point. Right? <laughs> so he's like, so he's like, well, he thinks I'm you know pushing carriages or something like that. And. I was I was an executive okay. for Target right, and so right. he was <laughs> so, <laughs> so he thinks he thinks I'm back yeah so he thinks I'm bagging groceries and stuff like that when in reality <laughs> I'm not I'm an executive for Target and so he goes make a resume and I'm like like I already don't have a resume so I sent him my resume and he calls me and he says Jared he goes I thought you said you worked at Target I said I don't work at Target I work, <laughs> I work for Target and he's like and he's like there is no way I can afford to hire you and I said you're probably <laughs> <laughs> and so he said well and he said well maybe in a couple of years we'll be able to hire you and at this point we had all brokers across the country who represent multiple lines um, and he said I don't know how to build an in-house sales force and I said well neither do I and he goes perfect let's work together and <laughs> let's work together and build an in-house sales team and he said and then once you're done once we're fully in-house across the country and it makes sense he goes I want you to step away and, and run the sales team hmm. and I said well, considering I have no experience and this is a giant pay cut, I accept. And I and I, and I quit my I, I quit. Yep. So I quit my my cushy job there, and uh, and um, I uh, started as a road rep for Christoph with zero outside sales experience. And my market grew enough to pay for the next one, which paid for the next one, which paid for the next one. And we've been blessed to have an unbelievable team that's continued to grow the company and support Glenn support me. And um, now fantastic. I've been uh, been able to step away as the vice president. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, it's
3: been it's been cool, man.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, according to your website, uh, it says that you guys, Christoph Cigars, is one of, if not the, fastest growing boutique cigar brands in the industry today. And here you are. You know, you just said I started from nothing. I had no experience. <laughs> You know, the only way you knew about those cigars was, you know, you read the journal article and picked up this. Little... How does that happen? How, how do you, how, why do you think that is that you guys are growing so much?
3: Do You know, it's 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 really it's it's a challenging business to be in because we're selling at the end of the day. You're selling ten dollar weeds in a tube <laughs> with zero switching costs. Right. So it's and it's a beautiful product. It's artisanal. It's very nuanced. Mm-hmm. And we're the only reason anybody's in the cigar business is because they love it. Right. right. True. So Glenn is in the cigar business because he loves it. I'm in the mm. cigar business because I love it, not because of money or any other reason. So <laughs> we no, always, obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> joke and say the fastest way to be a millionaire in the cigar business is to start as a multimillionaire,
4: <laughs> you know, because
3: <laughs> <laughs> because very quickly you'll diminish your resources. So oh. it's so Glenn and I, the only reason that anybody is in the cigar business is because we love it. Mm-hmm. So. um. To, to grow and to get things going the way that we needed to get them going, you have to hire passionate people right. and get people on board. And the product has to stand on its own, absolutely. And we, you know, it's, we've been in the market for 13 years. A gringo from Chicago started the company, started doing all the blends. And we've been blessed to have good people making our cigars in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And we've been even more blessed, especially now I'm realizing this when I'm out of the sales cycle and off the road. We've been blessed to have an extraordinary team that is as passionate about the product and as passionate about our customers as we are.
5: So this is a voice of guide for those of you watching. <laughs> can't see me. I'm the man behind where the Where is
2: that coming from?
5: What did Glenn do oh, before we got – <laughs> you know, we, we spoke about your past where you were with Target. What did Glenn do before he was in the cigar industry? And it was, it, was it anything that helped him prepare
3: for this journey? <laughs> N- no. <laughs> so Glenn was uh, Glenn was an executive for one of the top five banks in the country. Um, and he was uh, a senior VP of marketing or something like that. Um, so he was in high finance. He quit his corporate job very similarly to what he made me do. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and he quit his corporate cushy job. and um, his wife, as a matter of fact, his wife Terry and her father were cigar brokers. Hmm. And hmm. he, you know and, he, and they had been during the boom. They were very, very prolific, if you wow. say, the name Vince Duran or Terry Duran around the country yep they people know their name in the cigar business I mean her father is an absolute legend so um, and she is absolutely exceptional uh, on the road as well customers sure. still ask Glenn and I'll walk into an account and customers will be like oh why didn't you bring Terry and we're like oh, <laughs> she's got a life at home too you know she's got a business a successful business and stuff yeah. so um, they were and so Glenn said you know what Terry I'll can I come he originally wanted to open a hot dog stand and open then yeah there's something and,
4: about this shape yeah I was just <laughs> it was a very
3: yeah, yeah. i don't know that must, hi i'm a red flag nice to meet you so he so he he um so he originally wanted to open a hot dog stand and he went on a fishing trip with his buddies and his buddies were like uh you realize that it's not going to be very fun because you're just going to be standing in the heat all day just selling hot dogs and making hot dogs. It's going to be a million <laughs> degrees in there. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't right for me. So he decided he would help his wife on the road selling cigars. Right. And um, then he, the way that it used to work back then is every major manufacturer was brokered. Mm-hmm. So um, for the most part, so you would be, you would have brokers who were selling Rocky Patel, Drew Estates, you sure. know, mm-hmm. Arturo Fuente, all of these big, big, big brands. And um, they just happen to be really big with uh, La Gloria Cubana and stuff like right, that too. Right. But they sold for everybody. And it would, the way it would work is you would sell a million cigars, you would be up 30% or something like that. And they would call you and they say, oh my gosh, Glenn, Terry, you guys did such a good job that you're fired because now we can afford to hire an in-house sales rep. And so Glenn eventually said, you know what, I don't want to deal with this anymore and started making his own cigars. Nice. And that's kind of where he came from. So, so
2: speaking of those cigars, what, what are we smoking here? Can you tell us about Oh, this? yeah.
3: So, this is our this is our original Maduro. This has been our number one selling skew since it came out. Really? Um, yep. This uh, this is a, a Rapid Rocket Brazilian Maduro, which is a much sweeter tobacco, mm-hmm. um, I feel. Um, it's also Dominican and Dominican Nicaraguan filler. So, Dominican okay. binder, Dominican Nicaraguan filler, yeah. Uh, this is designed... All of our stuff is really, really well, and I know we're going to talk about it anyways. Mm-hmm. But... Um, all of our product is really well fermented and really well processed so we buy we buy the tobacco from a tobacco processor and then we process it again so when you see oh, double triple okay when you yeah, see double, so yeah. when you double fermented it, it's effectively processing it twice processing and putting it, twice. it through an aging cycle twice
6: okay so, that's fantastic yeah. or
3: three times sometimes depending on where the where the tobacco sure. comes in because we we trust our obviously we trust our suppliers right. and stuff like that but we smoke Glenn blends for effectively what he likes, okay. and he has a really – this is a Maduro, and it's a dark, and you can see yeah. how well-processed that tobacco is, how – how Very how, uh, fine
2: burn line. You yeah, can see that very nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can see all of that stuff. But this is the exact cigar that if you ever see somebody who sees a, a Maduro and says, oh my gosh, this is going to kick my ass, you – Say, smoke a Kristoff Maduro mm. and tell me that Maduro is super, super strong because it really isn't. Yeah. It smokes really medium, but it has that really deep sort of sweet cocoa profile that you get from the Maduro without having any of the harshness or any of the spice or anything like that. So this is a really mild Maduro for That's my true. mind.
4: That's yeah. true. So with that, uh, do you think that the Pissed Off Kristoff is kind of – Skewed people's perspective on the Cristop brand as a whole. So, do you think that people are going to think everything is strong, or everything's going to be over the top? Um, um, I hope not. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope not, because here's the here's the deal with the pissed off. So, the pissed off. We were um, we were at the Southern Cigar Festival in uh, in Georgia at a place called Cutters, which is a really really cool shop. And um, shout out Cutters. And so they uh they have this big Southern Cigar Festival every year. And this dude whose name is Ken Apple. Came up to us and said, "We have been waiting to meet somebody from Kristoff for for years." Mm. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, and so Glenn was like, "Well, great to meet you too." Blah blah blah. And the guy was like, "I have a great name for you. I call it the <laughs> Christoph pissed off. And we're like, "That is so cool!" And we were joking around, and then we never did anything with it. Mm-hmm. And so Glenn and I were drunk in the Dominican Republic a couple of years ago, and we're sitting at this restaurant, Pedro's in Santiago. And we're smoking and we're drinking, and Glenn goes, "What? What was the name that that Apple guy?" told us in in georgia and i was like oh the pissed off and glenn was like yeah the pissed off and he was like what, what do you think we should do and we just got to talking about the pissed off and blah 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 and i said let's make it we'll do 10 count boxes blah 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 and glenn was like glenn wanted to do 10 count boxes, he wanted to do all this stuff and um we just were like let's see how it goes and we released it at the trade show right at the trade show, the Cigar Authority actually gave it a 93 at the trade show from their on-the-floor coverage or whatever they were doing. Right. Um, and cool. it we ran out of samples for the pissed off in the on the halfway through the second day wow. of the trade show. Wow. And we ended up having to go into the boxes that we were using to display the product <laughs> in order to give people and I was hiding bundles oh behind stuff so that we could give it to customers that. So people were going nuts, and now it's become one of our top, probably our top five SKUs. Because it's, uh, it's such a departure from our traditional flavor profile, you know?
2: Yeah, it's a fantastic cigar. And
3: again, it's very medium, right? Like when you smoke it, you feel it's – you know it's powerful. There's a ton of Lajero. That Indonesian broadleaf binder is super, super punchy. Mm -hmm. um, And that San Andreas Natural is so well fermented, but it keeps all that nicotine in there because it's not – it didn't go through a Maduro process. So it's got most of our stuff, 1.82% nicotine, Mm -hmm. which is an average for cigars. This has like seven. Seven. Yeah, it's a monster. It's a monster. And I know Barry is a big uh, power guy too. Yeah,
5: I mean, so, we're smoking a Maduro cigar. Most people would and this isn't strong as you alluded to. Most people would be like ten thirty in the morning smoking Maduro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually wish it was stronger. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but what I like about this cigar is, you know, a lot of companies play games with the wrapper. Mm-hmm. This Maduro looks natural. Because it is. there's a you know kind of conflict of a statement there. But it's a beautiful looking Maduro. Yeah. Now every Christoff cigar that I can think of has some form of pigtail cap. They do. Yeah. Is that a conscious effort, a trademark, so to speak, of Christoff? We're going to go ahead and pigtail everything.
3: That's exactly what it is. So we were, t- and again, like I, and we t- touched on this a little bit earlier. At the end of the day, it's it's you look at it, and you're talking about brown weeds in a tube, right? Right. With right. With different right. colored bands. Yep. <laughs> how do you dif- how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah in a space where there's no switching cost. It doesn't take any, it doesn't cost the customer anything to pick a Kristoff over another $10 cigar over another $10 right. cigar. So there's no switching cost whatsoever. So what can we do to make it easier for our customers, number one, to enjoy the cigars, and number two, to recognize that our cigars are out there and to see. So we have the rough cut cedar boxes. We have the uncut tobacco in the, in the box lining it, which is a, sometimes a retailer's disaster because right, they're right. sweeping all the time. But it looks pretty <laughs> on the shelf. And – um, the, uh, the pigtail, which means you don't even need a cutter, right? right? So you could just pick it up, snap it off. So if you're a golfer, mm-hmm. grab a, grab a four pack of pissed offs or grab some pissed grab some crissed and just snap off the pigtail. You don't have to forget a cutter, remember a cutter or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then the uncut foot, like Barry was mentioning, it's a really pretty wrapper. And we, and we take so much care in processing the tobacco that we want you to taste it. Mm-hmm. So when you put that uncut foot, mm-hmm. When you light that cigar, those first few puffs are all wrapper, which is rapper, such yeah. – which we all know is, is a, the most impactful or one of the most impactful right. parts of smoking Definitely. a cigar, getting the flavor profile. Definitely. So True. that gives you right off the bat, you're like, ugh. Mm. You know, you get a little punch, and then you get the overall impression of the blend as you get into the bunch. Right. So that's kind of the idea of what we work on there.
4: What are you picking up on the cigar over there? Uh, right off the bat, I mean, raisins. Raisin, yeah, yeah. definite raisin flavor. Uh, picking up a little cinnamon. I'm getting a little wood kind of creeping in now as mm-hmm. we get close to the uh, second, third. Um, raisins is the, the predominant note. I'm getting that kind of fruity,
2: raisiny, dried fruit kind of, especially on the finish. It's this very kind of dried fruit, raisiny finish, very sweet, very um, uh, but it's very earthy. Little bit of leather and like just like baker's cocoa. Yeah, not overly sweet, but there's definitely this chocolate component. That is just fantastic with the cigar. Yeah. And it's not. It is not a strong Maduro at all. A straight medium, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. And, um, you know, the retro, it's almost like, I can't decide. Is it black pepper? Is it white pepper and, and earthiness going through there? But whatever, it's great.
4: Yeah, not overpowering. The not overpowering either. at all. Get a lot of flavor out of that. And you're not burning your nose out. Right. <laughs> I,
5: I'm actually getting an underlying sweetness once you involve the retro hail. Uh, that transcends onto the finish of the cigar. Mm. And it's a
3: sweetness you feel on your tongue. It's not mm. necessarily a taste. You just kind of feel it. Yeah. You yeah. know, like yeah. almost like that first, if you take that first sip of orange juice in the morning, how your palate kind of electrifies. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to get all. Yeah, my whole, my whole palate. <laughs> you know, is just left-handed nuts. baseball glove and august, you know, kind of flavor profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not Mr. Jonathan. I'm not uh, I'm now not <laughs> Mr. Jonathan just waved yeah. to me from the, uh, the other podcast. What candy bar does room. this taste like? Yeah, mm. yeah. This, I'm, getting ed- I'm getting edamame that a small Chinese lady stepped on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh
4: my. <laughs> mm. You have to draw on your experience. Fantastic
3: <laughs> with <laughs> this yeah, coffee. Right. I know it's mm. it, what a better. This oh, is a yeah. really good Perfect compliment, coffee. too.
2: Yeah, this nitro coffee is just fantastic with the cigar. Just. The sweetness of the coffee, that robustness, that and the cocoa of the cigar just adds to that, which adds to this. Yeah. It's fantastic, fantastic. Um, what's what's next for you guys? What are you guys planning? What's the next step? You, I mean, I assume you want to stay on top. I assume you want to stay, you know, one of the fastest growing yeah. boutique brands out there. What, what, what's what's next?
3: So right now uh, we're we're working on um, we're working on some stuff right now, which is. It's it's tough right now with the regulatory environment and stuff like that. Yeah, to be too committal about new releases and sure. stuff like that. Understandably, I wish I could give you something juicy to work on, mm-hmm. uh, but we I really don't have that for you. But I can promise you, we're working on new product mm-hmm. until someone tells us not to. Because you know, right. you're you're not swimming, you're not you're dead. So right, we're we're still working on new stuff. We're working on. Um, developing and making sure that we are the kind of company that our customers want to do business with you know what i mean Mm -hmm. making sure that we're putting the right product on the on the street in terms of our sales reps Mm -hmm. and our customer service and stuff like that um like uh, john is a great addition to the team in this market yeah um we've got a lot a lot of great sales reps around the country and and we're blessed to have them and just working on supporting them and making sure they're doing the right thing by their customers
2: that's right and now how how are you feeling right now with the with the the whole FDA crap and everything's in court and it's all up in the everything's been put off but and now there's a little bit of air. hope too and now there's you know yeah. I mean, are you guys you know is it more pessimistic optimistic uh, I don't know where are you guys at
3: what if anybody tells you they know what's going on they're full of shit you know <laughs> that's, so that's my opinion that's, so really the, the most important thing right now is um, we are as well positioned as an industry as we have ever been to get through this stuff you know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an anti-regulation president, with an anti-regulation Congress, and anti-regulation uh, House. So we are really, really well positioned right now to get this stuff rolled back. The fact of the matter is, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now mm-hmm. that is more important than yeah. <laughs> the regulation of premium cigars. So yeah. if, so if, so if, so if, so uh, if, if our legislators have a, an agenda, if they have a list of things to get to, I can't imagine, you know fda regulation of premium cigars is on the, the top list yeah. you know the the hope is with this omnibus budget that we're talking about here mm. for fiscal year 18 that the verbiage that did get passed by the house moves through the rest of the rest of congress of the congress so if that happens we have a year where we can commercialize new product without penalty and at that point we'll commercialize all kinds of stuff sure. that'll end up being grandfathered in that we'll be able to continue to do business with hopefully but we don't nobody knows what this nobody looks like it's so on. crazy because it is this giant anvil hanging over an industry right. and we have none of the information we need to make decisions around it right. and we have <laughs> the people running it You the
4: information you need
3: and and <laughs> you know like we've been on we've been on conference calls and stuff like that and uh, and chat sessions with major manufacturers, principals from major manufacturers and you ask people who are representative of the agencies and you're like so what do we do in this situation and they and it's you think they're watching a game of tennis they'll just be like yeah, you know they're looking back and forth between each other because nobody knows the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really challenging. But like I said, as a company, as uh, from Christoph's perspective at least, until people tell us to stop, we're gonna keep working on new stuff. We're gonna keep trying to do what we can because at the end of the day, you know, we don't we don't get paid on being safe. We get right, you know, <laughs> right. You know, right, yeah. We've got to be true. smart. We've got to make smart decisions. But at the end of the day, we have to keep moving forward and giving our customers what they want. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
2: Um, one of the things that, that you guys did, you know, talk about the pissed off, um, is that you decided to make that 10 count boxes as opposed to 20 or 25. What was, what was the rationale behind that?
3: Okay. So from my perspective, um, from a sales perspective, Mm -hmm. um, a 10 count box is great because it's only great if the cigar turns, right? Correct. And the pissed off sells. It does. So that's fortunate. So. If the cigar sells and it's in a ten-count box, it ends up meaning that your customers are communicating with your sales reps a lot more, mm-hmm. right? So when you call, you know, or when when Ed calls Christoph and says, uh, "Hey, John, um, I need a couple of boxes of pissed off because we sold through. Man, those are selling quick. Blah 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 blah. I need a couple of boxes of pissed off. And then you know what? Now that I'm looking at it." Give me a box of this, give me a box of that, give mm. me a box of this. Because they're not just gonna order two boxes or three boxes. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, sure. So it's 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 good from that perspective. Also, it's great for events because yes. customers sure. can walk out with a box of cigars. For some reason that's in customers' heads. Right. It's I I want a box. I don't want a bag of cigars, I want a box. Mm. And it's a it's a win for them. So they can walk out with a box of really good cigars for a hundred bucks. You know that's what I mean? Not bad. Yeah. Which is not bad at all. Yeah. So or less than a hundred bucks sometimes. Right. So right. Um, so that's really good um and and quite honestly this is a total like you were mentioning Aaron, a total departure from what we usually do right um, our branding is usually so cohesive this is a real step away mm-hmm. you know with the pissed off so we didn't know what was gonna happen <laughs> yeah. so, the water. so, so we'll do it with ten count boxes. We'll sh- it's a short money investment for the uh, for the customers to bring a forty yeah. you, you know to bring a hundred dollar boxes cigars in right. ten count box. It's just half the commitment that right. you know a twenty count box would be, and we can see how it goes. And then now customers are like, why don't you make this in a twenty count box? And I'm like, well, I don't, well, get two, <laughs> <laughs>
4: just buy two, just buy, buy two, two. <laughs> yeah. buy two
3: boxes yeah. of cigars. You know, right. it'll be the same price. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah.
4: See, as a consumer, I prefer the ten count box because I mean, I'm always changing up what cigar I'm smoking. I hardly ever smoke the same cigar two times in a row. Yeah. So it's like for variety and just for space, you know, yeah, having space. a ten count, a twenty count box lasts a long time for me because it's like I might go to that cigar, you know, once or twice a week, if that. And so it's mm. going to be forever until I have space for a new one. And so a ten count box makes it a lot easier to just yeah keep that variety.
3: Absolutely. And there are some guys that. And you know them if you work in the retail stores or if you travel or if you're in the cigar community, there's some guys that all they smoke is like one thing. Yeah. Right. But if you're somebody like you or me even or you, right. it's if you're somebody who changes things up and, and a lot of the listeners, I'm sure, are the same way. Yep. You I don't a twenty count box is a big commitment. Yeah. You know, and if you have space, if you've got a big humidor, then it's really sure. not. But and if it's a cigar that you love, it's really not because you're gonna like it. But if you if you want to try, mm-hmm. like, hey, let me yeah. try the Christoph Original Maduro. They said it was really, really good on the Ashels, We're really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Let me try it. Well, do I want 20 or do I want to buy a 10-count box and smoke through it, give it a few chances, right. give it to a couple friends, see what they think, and then commit to a bigger
2: one? Right, yeah. You know? right.
3: So it's a lot easier to make that decision. So from
2: a marketing standpoint, it really it really, it really is helping the cigar.
3: Oh, it drives sales. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's very palatable for customers.
2: And it's, it's funny. You know – it, it's interesting to me how that works, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you know, how do we make this so that people buy more? You make the box smaller. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> crazy, Let's right? do 10 and yeah. sell of 20 less to sell more. <laughs> and you sell twice as much as if there were 20 cap boxes. This exactly. Is, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. It, that, you know, from the, from the manual, from the storage standpoint, they would be buying more boxes because, well, <coughs> yeah, for the reasons you said, and, and I'm one of these guys who, it's always going to different things, yeah. Too, and so for for me to buy a box of twenty, you know, like you, Aaron, you know, unless it's something that I really, really like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, w- I want to be smoking different stuff all the time. And that, that makes a whole lot of sense to me.
4: Yeah, yeah. it really it, does. I think it, it feels a little bit more exclusive, too, when it's a smaller company. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like, oh, limited reserve kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it's true. Kind you of you automatically like, have that Yeah, it's too, like right? when yeah. there's a sale and they put a you know a limit of two per customer just because people <laughs> will buy, they'll buy the limit or whatever yeah. <laughs> instead of just one.
2: That's nuts. That's nuts. Um, Aaron, what else did you smoke this week?
4: Uh, I went with a Perdomo BBA, so that's the bourbon barrel aged mm-hmm. Maduro. Mm. Uh, it's one I've gone to a few times, uh, and it's such a consistent experience. Um, and cinnamon is like a, the predominant note, and it, it, it brings me back to my childhood almost because it reminds me of a cinnamon graham cracker. Mm-hmm. Because it's got kind of a wheat in there, and there's the cinnamon. Uh, and every time it's always like, oh man, it's like a kid again smoking a cigar though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just a great cigar. Uh, I've been going to it over and over again. It's probably my favorite of the, the Habano, that BBA, mm-hmm. um, which has taken the place of the Sun Grown now. Mm-hmm. So that's mm. that's a big accomplishment. <laughs>
2: uh, for me it was, you know, just before the show I had to have I had to have one. I had to have one of those pissed off Christophs. That's that's my <laughs> my favorite cigar that that the uh, two guys carries of your of your line. And just a smooth, and I love that San Mm Andreas wrapper. It's
3: fantastic. It's really, really, really
2: nice. Yeah, very nice. I'm I'm in love with it. That and actually um, Araparaca, which this one has. Yeah. These are like becoming my two favorite darker wrappers. And it's just so smooth and creamy, and it is a really, really strong cigar, but it is not one that's going to... Totally kick your right. pants while you're smoking
3: it, too. Yeah, you're not going to be spinning. It's. Yeah, uh, you can get stuff yeah. done at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, But
2: the burn is always great. It's great, bright white ash and nice. It's straight. It's tight. Haven't ever had a bad one. Great, great mm-hmm. cigar.
3: Yeah. I smoked something good.
2: What did you smoke? I what did s- you smoke, Jared?
3: I smoked, and a friend of mine gave it to me and was like, You have to try this. It's it's excellent. It, the uh, new Wise Man Maduro. Mm-hmm. By oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness! What a great cigar. Yeah, Nick did a great job with that. I, Another I, San
2: Andreas wrap. Right? Yep.
3: Yeah, and I was very, very. I actually just smoked it. I a friend of mine gave it to me last night, and he said, "Dude, you gotta smoke this." Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, and I said, "You know what? I'll smoke it this morning on the ride up to New Hampshire." And it was it was very very very
4: good. Yeah, that's probably the best in their line. I yeah, so totally, far I
3: think it's like, one of the best cigars that's been released in several in a Definitely, in a while. I love it. It's I,
2: excellent. My favorite cigar. Shout out to the you, you, Nick.
3: That yeah. was, uh excellent
2: all right it is time for us to go to a break and uh after we come back we're going to announce another actual of the week we're going to have miles with styles and we're going to give our continuing thoughts on this christoph original maduro robusto we'll be right back hang on in there guys
1: the next draw. Visit sereno-cigars.com for a list of retailers and you can always find Sereno Cigars available at TwoGuysCigars.com.
7: It was 2010 on my 50th birthday. Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. It was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before. Something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift. A gift of a brand of cigars. So what should you expect from a Garofalo cigar? Rich layers of complex flavors, but often in a mild to medium body profile. A blend comprised of fine Cuban-seed Nicaraguan tobaccos, including a triple-fermented, five-year-age Connecticut Shade wrapper. I'm honored to have Garofalo, my name, surrounding such a wonderful cigar. I would be honored if you would give a Garofalo cigar a try. Garofalo Cigars, an honor.
8: Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth, and oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up, but oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste.
7: One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor
8: and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro.
7: Darker and even more bolder. Within your face flavor. United cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Oh
6: Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year. Then and only then, into ultra luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humid tubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron.
2: And, and welcome back to The Ash Holes. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ash Holes and on Instagram at Ash Holes Radio. We're smoking this little beauty, the Christoph Original Maduro Robusto. And... This has been a great cigar so far. I'm about halfway through, I guess. And at this point, um, the finish is this, it's a deeper kind of sweetness. Mm -hmm. It's a a deeper, richer kind of raisiny. uh, It's like dark raisin. Is that a thing? (laughs) You know, dark raisins. (laughs) Raisins from the dark side, of (laughs) course. And, um, you know, very earthy, dark coffee kind of flavors. And still that cocoa that kind of baker's cocoa in the background really really enjoying it the burn's been great and uh burn line is fantastic yeah Warren, what about you yeah, I, I know think, you, you like
4: it yeah, yeah but, i mean <laughs>
3: yeah i like it i like it fine
4: yeah you <laughs> hit all the flavor notes i was going for <laughs> so but yeah it's that rich you know it's really it's just building so you get that initial flavor and it's just mm-hmm. building in uh in, in body i guess you can say yeah yeah would you still say it's medium yeah still medium yep uh just the, the flavor's picking up a little bit more Nice amounts of smoke, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> it's getting smoky, pretty smoky cigar. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's very nice. <clears throat> and the aroma is great,
4: too. And ash is holding up well. Yeah. Still great burn.
5: Oh, my
2: goodness. That's one, oh,
5: that's one thing that's often overlooked is the aroma mm-hmm. of a cigar. Yep. And on this cigar, it really stands out.
2: Mm. Yeah.
5: I mean, it's like double the pleasure. You're getting the, the, the palate with the retrohale.
2: Mm-hmm. But even
5: in the resting position, you're getting that aroma That is just so enjoyable. It's super rich, super earthy.
2: How would you describe it, Barry?
5: It's like you were saying, there's a a lot of sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the retrohale is starting to kick it up a notch because now I'm getting some of that pepper. Uh, But there is that baker's chocolate, that dark chocolate, Mm -hmm. almost bitter, not really sweet like milk chocolate. Right. There's a little bit of that yin-yang effect going on with the cigar. It's very interesting, very complex.
3: It's a home run. Good. Thank you, I appreciate that, man. That's yeah. why we do it. That's fantastic.
2: Um, even though it's Saturday and uh, we've already done a regular, you know, Wednesday show yeah. and Asheville of the week, we gotta have we gotta have an Asheville. We gotta have an Asheville on the show. There's plenty to go around. Plenty to go around. There was I had lots to pick about for Wednesday and uh, uh, had to share this one with you for this week. And uh, this story comes to us uh, uh, from the New York Daily News, and. This story is about uh, how police came into Erin Mackey's Iowa home on September 21st uh, because they've been given a report. Somebody had called them saying that Erin had left her children unsupervised. And so the police show up to the house to check this out. And indeed, there are her four kids, 12-year-old twins, a 6-year-old and a 7-year-old, and they're in the house by themselves. Well, There's not a big no, deal. I mean that's couple not, twelve year old. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about age, I don't right? know about Iowa, but in, in Massachusetts, you know, if you're eleven, you can be left alone. You know, so you, <laughs> yeah. you take that, go to the Y, take the babysitting yeah, course. You, take you know, take the red line. Take three, you know three, two yeah. twelve year olds. You know, <clears throat>
3: hell, in Alabama, Maybe. you could be married at twelve. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, leave them a credit card or a pizza. You yeah. know, they, they're That's all set. like
3: having your dog watch your horse, right? <laughs> this is like, you can't have a twelve-year-old watch.
2: So, her. so you know, on the surface, no big deal. The police come, they investigate, and yes, she's left them home alone, and no, she didn't just go to the store. No, she just didn't go out on some kind of date or want some emergency. Mm-hmm. She went to Germany. <laughs> she <laughs> went to Germany for an eleven-day vacation. And left the kids. Now, I have three kids. I have three girls. I live in the Estrogen Palace. <laughs> there are times I would really love to run off to Germany and leave my kids behind, too. But you can't do that. You can't do that. So the That's police... Thing, no. so no. <laughs> So she made no arrangements for the kids. Did not attempt to make any arrangements for the kids. She just said, I'm going to Germany, and I'm leaving you here. So she left. And so the police find this all out, and um, uh, social services comes in. They take the kids... The the police call her and say, You gotta come back. You gotta come back, honey. This was not a good thing. So she came back Thursday, this past Thursday, and was arrested for leaving her kids home alone. And her kids are now all in the care of, of extended family members oh and stuff like that. But for leaving her kids alone while she took a vacation to Germany, I nominate Aaron Mackey as the actual of the week.
4: I don't know. I mean, it, it's twelve-year-old twins, so that's like having a twenty-four-year-old, right? Uh,
3: <laughs> and cumulatively, yes. that's another. You know, they have a six-year-old and a seven-year-old, so that's they're, now they're 13. thirty-seven. Totally fine. Thirty-seven yeah. years of cumulative experience. That's they should have. They should
4: be at work. <laughs> <laughs> it's Iowa. They probably were. I mean, were they Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, why would you think you could do that?
4: There's I a mean, firearm involved, too, so they left him with a gun? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah there's right. a firearm Yeah, she left them so they could defend ah, themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're very responsible. <laughs> very
5: responsible <laughs> mom. Here's the shotgun. <laughs> if anybody comes in, shoot them. Hell, it, if the pack was going on, maybe she had a valid excuse that she was going to the cigar trade show in Germany. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly.
2: true. That makes it Maybe totally she was in Dortmund. If that's, oh. there you go. if that's true, then the person who reported
3: her should be the Ashwoman. I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs>
6: sure <laughs> It's preposterous.
2: Yeah. No, like not even the same continent. <laughs> can you believe that? I mean, those be. I mean, whoever that neighbor was, and there's no names listed. Whoever that person was who called this in and ruined this trip for there, I can only imagine. You know, is this going to be you know the the Hatfields and the McCoys all over again? <laughs>
3: yeah, if it's not already. Yeah. But how do you even? I mean, how do you even operate after that? I mean, like, hey, you're an asshole for reporting me. Do you remember the time you abandoned your children and yeah. went to Germany? Like, how is it forbidden from casting disparaging remarks on anybody? for the rest if, of your if this
4: lady's life. willing to leave the country without her kids, yeah. leave them home alone, this is not the first incident
3: they've had. And <laughs> so, if she gets the kids back, you can't be like, hey, t- Tony, uh, you know, uh, little Timmy, go clean your room. Hey, remember that time you abandoned me yeah. in ge- for Germany? How about you clean my room? This
4: is not entry level neglect. No, That's, this, this is. is you, you've been working at this scope, for quite a
3: while. High so. scope neglect.
4: Mm, oh, I agree with
3: you. You can't tell that kid to do anything ever <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, my goodness. So there you go. Actual of the Week. That's See, awesome. this is a great segment, isn't it? I, I like that segment. You like that segment?
3: Yeah, I like shaming.
2: Yeah, shaming like Game of is Thrones. With yeah. The
4: bell. <laughs> shame. Walk, shame.
2: Walk down that street. Shame. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that show. I haven't seen this, this season yet on
3: Game of You're Thrones. You're wrong. You're wrong. You've made a mistake. I've sure.
2: made a mistake? Yeah. I have never watched it.
3: Me neither. You've never watched
2: it? You've, you've, made you've it never baker, watched me it? Me it's neither. It's not,
3: not my am I, I resigned from the Assholes podcast. So no, no, I, this, no, I'm surrounded by people that don't know anything
2: <laughs> about television. I've watched every season except this current oh, one, yeah. all right, and and I love, love the show. I don't know why it, could – yeah, there's, there's some racy stuff that goes on, well, but it's all plot-related. It's not like – yeah. Spartacus, where it was, <laughs> what plot can we put around people having sex? You know, was, this is this is a
3: which good was story. N- Spartacus is very good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
5: HBO just came out with a, a show that chronicles the, the Deuce, yeah, the
3: yeah, Deuce, yeah, Deuce or or whatever, that
5: chronicles right. the porn industry from the early days of Times Square. Yeah, and I heard that's nothing but gratuitous sex.
3: I I, well, I, did, it, I, I watched was, the I mean, first episode and I like. My girlfriend and I were like, "I don't know if this is for us." I'm like, not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quite sure.
7: <laughs> oh
2: my goodness, um, Aaron, what are you picking up with this? Where you're at?
4: Uh, you're I mean, not
2: slow smoking today. You're moving right along.
4: Well, you know, it's when I don't have to talk as much, then so I smoke a little <laughs> faster. It's, it's funny how that works out. <laughs> um, yeah, still that more sweetness now. You mm-hmm. know, so it's got that raisiny sweetness, but it, it's uh, picking up. Um, Possibly molasses. I haven't had molasses mm. since I was a little kid, mm. so I couldn't <coughs> nail it down to that. But it's it's that richness, There's that texture kind of on your in your mouth, where it's, it feels like it's you've got something, yeah, an oily texture on your tongue. Uh, so somewhere in that syrupy molasses type realm. I concur.
5: There is a little bit of that molasses, but there's also a, uh, a toasty note mm. developing, nuttiness. You know. Yeah, kind of but toastiness. even even like a, a slice of bread that might be. You know, the perfect toast to me is like a four. This might have been toasted at six.
2: And so a little So, too toasty toast? so that that burnt, cigar, two burnt toasty toasts? Soasty is great. <laughs> On a piece of bread, not it's like crusty burnt toast.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great telling point.
4: <laughs> but in a good way.
6: Now no, let totally me tell you. You've way. done
2: you've done other podcasts and oh, stuff sure. like that. Yeah. So, you know, as people are sitting there smoking your cigars and describing it do you have you ever had Look at somebody and said, "What the heck are you saying?" Depending.
3: I've read reviews. <laughs> yes, where I've said, "Who does this person think they are?" Can't I mention any names. No, I won't mention any names. Oh, come I mean, on. I've read reviews where I've been. This is the most preposterous thing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. i you know, but you you read. I mean, some of this stuff. I I, I mean, I smoke a lot of cigars right. because I travel the country smoking right. cigars with right. customers, right, and sales reps, and I have never detected half of the stuff that i've never even thought of tasting some of the stuff that they compare cigars Mm -hmm. to other uh, some some places right right you know so i i think the the fact of the matter is this is a product this is a one hour vacation for ten dollars right and you do it to enjoy it Mm -hmm. and if what you enjoy about cigars is trying to detect all this crazy nuance and stuff like that right god bless you that's what it's that's what it's there for But for me, I think half of the joy of it is not being a nerd about it. Mm. You know, it's just sitting there puffing on something and enjoying it. Right. I know what I like, I know what I don't like. Do I detect some nuance? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. You do it with experience. Sure, but I've never tasted, you know, a left-handed baseball glove in August from a cigar, <laughs> like you know, like or a, you know, Chinese
4: teapot, yeah, yeah Chinese teapots or anything.
3: I, I just, I just it's a little bit of experience. It, is there an actual blogger that use the left-handed baseball? <laughs> club no, going? all right, that's no, just no. the most preposterous thing I could. Because I could of. kind of picture somebody who might
5: write
2: something along those lines. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know to whom you be referring. <laughs>
3: I don't know who you're
6: referring to. Today.
2: No, but, you know, it's it's true. <laughs> but, I mean, people, I, but I think, you know, cigar tasting, you know, experiencing, it's certainly very subjective. It's very personal, right? And I think, you know, when you hear a lot of these crazy flavors, you know, it says a lot about what that person really likes to eat or drink. Yeah. You know, people who Chewing are… Chewing on
4: a lot of leather. Eating, huh? eating,
2: <laughs> right. eating Never done candy… That. Candy bars all the time, you know. That's right. what they're gonna. That's how
4: they're gonna describe yeah, right. it, right? Because you that's you what draw they like. from
3: your perspective. You draw from yeah.
4: your perspective and what you're familiar with. That's why I, I don't mention white pepper. I don't mention leather. I don't. You know, these think that I don't. This is why
5: I never say a red vinyl bowl gag. I don't want people yeah. to know that side of my life.
3: <laughs> that would raise a lot of eyebrows. I think nobody would be shocked.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's fantastic. So. We have a, a, a special Saturday edition of Miles with Styles too. And for those of you who might just be tuning in, uh, Miles with Styles is a little segment uh, with uh, featuring Michelle Styles. Uh, she's one of our regular listeners, and she is a professional surfer and model. And she is currently traveling the world, doing surfing, doing modeling. And when uh, she got, you know, cigar guys like hearing about different places, exotic places where can you get cigars in these places, food, you know, and so she shares all this stuff with us. And, uh, you know, each week it's like going to a different part of the planet. You know, um, last week she was in Morocco. This week she's in Spain. Next week she's going to be in Peru. So let's, uh, Barry, why don't you cue that up, and we'll see what Michelle has to say for us today.
0: Aloha. Happy International Podcast Day to my friends at the Ash Holes. My father and I visited a few cigar and tobacco shops here in Valencia. The first was Estanco del Garmin, which literally means Carmen Waterproof. <laughs> okay. We listened to the ash holes live, and several patrons stayed longer just to hear the show. New fans! <laughs> the shop was clean and relaxed, though they sell more pipe and tobacco products than cigars. And their hours are a bit weird, but they are open pretty late many nights, till midnight or later. Our second shop was La Cava Puros. Finally, a cigar shop. The previous one was more about the tobacco than the love of a good cigar. He first tried a cheap cigar in the inexpensive Sancho Panza. He did like it and said it was very good for the price point, but it was no Padron. The rest of our visit will be the box of Pedro 1926 Maduro number twos that he bought mixed in with some singles, including a Pissed Off Kristoff, which he bought based on recommendations from my friend Dan of Two Guys Smoke Shop. Spain has been a huge boost to me after my disappointing visit and finish in Morocco. The incredible foods flavor the air in most parts of the city. We have found friendly people nearly everywhere. The climate, wine, beaches, all excellent. While no place is the Maldives, I've enjoyed Spain. Tomorrow I head to Peru, where I'll have four days to catch a few waves for fun, explore the area, and recover from jet lag. Then our competition starts, and following that, a sponsored private event for a week at an as yet undisclosed destination. <laughs> this could be fun. Thanks to guys smoke shops for the advice on some cigars. Thanks, and congrats to the assholes on twenty five thousand downloads a month. Whoop whoop! This has been Miles <laughs> with Styles, and you're listening to the assholes <laughs> on the United Podcast Network.
5: She's much better than Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes, I agree. Wow, when, when she awesome. first started talking, I was like, "It sounds like one of those things that you type." You know what I <laughs> like mean, Siri, like yeah. type to yeah. text, like mm-hmm. Siri or something. She's her voice is she's a radio voice. Yeah, she's yep. got a great Absolutely, voice. Absolutely, yeah, she's got a great voice.
2: But um, what what a great uh, shout out to you, man!
3: Yeah, that's cool. Buying
2: that's your cool. cigars in, in Spain, Spain. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Dad's favorite thing. And so you know, when Michelle, sir, you know, Michelle's <laughs> overcome a lot in her in her life. She's uh, you know had a real. I won't go into it, but she's overcome a lot. Yeah. And one of the things that she's had to overcome is that she's deaf and, you know, she has cochlear implants now and I, that's really improved, you know, her voice and how she's able to speak and everything. But um, um, there's a lot of people that she gets a lot of resistance, you know, being deaf and from this background that she's been uh, that raised herself up from. And there's a lot of people who don't want to see her succeed. And um, so whenever she wins, her dad likes to smoke the pissed off Kristoff because he, it, it's a statement to him. It's, right. I have now, again, my daughter has pissed off her competition and yep. people who are uh, rooting against her. And so that he smokes it both because he loves a cigar and because of the name. He, he loves the fact that. His daughter
3: has pissed off some people by winning. <laughs> wow, I think that's great, cool. man. I'm glad I'm glad that he chose I'm glad he chose the pissed off and that's a great story to hear. And I appreciate Michelle and her father for being customers uh, and for giving yeah. us a little shout out. I appreciate you looking for us it, around the you country. Know, we speak about him
5: choosing a cigar. For somebody who hasn't smoked a
3: Kristoff,
5: what do you suggest
3: they start with? Mm. You know That's a great question, Barry. It depends it depends on where their palate is, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're if you're a mild smoker The Connecticut is driving a lot of traffic to the line right now. It's an Ecuadorian Connecticut. Mm -hmm. It's got quad Dominican filler, so Dominican filler from four different growing regions. It's really, really nice, but it has a Nicaraguan binder, so it's got a lot more going on than a traditional Connecticut. So it's got some flavor. So if you're a Connecticut smoker looking to make the next step, that Kristoff Connecticut is a really, really strong thing to start with. If you're a medium-bodied smoker, Mm -hmm. I would say go to town. Mm. close your eyes and pick mm-hmm. something, you know, mm. because that's really what I think we do best. Our Maduros are very medium and approachable and our Habano, the Corojo Limitado was a 93 in cigar aficionado, the number 11 cigar of the year in 2012.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, our the Habano is a Brazilian Habano. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. It's very sweet, very caramely, mm. very rich. Um, so there's a lot of different stuff in our original Criollo is our number two selling skew for, you know, 12 years. Mm. So that's a really, really strong one as well. And if you want full body, our San Andreas, 92 rated, really, really nice San Andreas Maduro with triple Nicaraguan filler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, uh, the obviously, the Pissed Off. And I think right. my favorite cigar that we manufacture is probably the GC Signature. Okay. Which is a Brazilian Maduro, Dominican, Honduran, and Nicaraguan tobacco that's really, really good as well. But the fantastic. Yeah. so
2: Now, you mentioned, you know, you're smoking cigars,
3: you know, all over the country, wherever you go. And,
2: um, and this is a question that I've, I've uh, started to really enjoy asking, you know, reps and cigar people do you smoke other people's stuff or do you specifically stick to Kristoff?
3: one of my favorite things about traveling around the country is meeting sales reps from other companies mm-hmm. all around the country mm-hmm. because i smoke a ton i smoke a ton of Kristoff, obviously yeah. i would never sure. be able to work for a company <laughs> that i didn't, that you didn't enjoy the their cigars start from. yeah obviously you, know you what I mean? you're
2: very passionate
3: about it so i i would never be able to uh i would never be able to to do that so i smoke a ton of Kristoff and i and i and I love being able to smoke Christoph. It's like the easiest, the yeah. easiest thing in the world. <laughs> so, but I love traveling around the country and meeting other sales reps because they're so enthusiastic about trading and there's mm-hmm. this whole culture on the rep side mm-hmm. where they want to trade cigars. They want to hear, oh, hey, do you have a, do you have a original Maduro? Because I, I really, yeah. Oh man, do you have a, you know, wise Man Maduro? Or, yeah, oh, I do. And, you know, that culture is great, and I love trying other people's stuff because you don't know where you're at. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. You don't know where you're at until you try what everybody else is doing.
2: Right. You it's, know? right.
3: it's also
5: short-sighted because if a person says, I spoke brand C – you got to know where to bring them within exactly. your own
3: portfolio. Absolutely. And yeah. how do you not and, – and the reason that you should be in this business is because you are a cigar smoker. Right. And you're not just a cigar smoker that likes smoking a specific brand or something like that. You're a cigar smoker that likes smoking cigars. Right. And there's stuff out there every day. People people are very, very good at manufacturing. We're very lucky to be living in the times that we're living right now right. because everybody is making pretty good cigars right mm. now. You know what I mean? The quality mm-hmm. is much better mm-hmm. than it was yeah. – Five ten 10 years ago, every, everything is a lot, is really good. So that's true. You know, it's, uh, I love smoking other people's stuff. I really do. Yeah. That,
2: that's, that's interesting. You know, I get why some of these reps and and, and stuff, you know, smoke just their stuff. They really want it. They love it that much, that that's, that, yeah. the, that that's where it's at. But you know, I, I, I think that, uh, uh, you are you're, you're missing something by not understanding what's going on in the rest of the industry if you're never experiencing. And I, I would imagine that smoking other people's stuff might give you ideas,
4: yeah, it does. or how to how to For tweak example, your blend. Or although I mean, we had Hero on a few weeks right? ago, and he mentioned that he only pretty much only smokes his stuff because he's always blending, and mm-hmm. so it's always That's he's, he's in the process all the time. So as a blender, the blenders only smoking their own stuff makes sense because it's it does. It does, reproach. and I don't have any I don't have any yeah. problem with it. But
2: at the same time, you know, I there's part of me that says, well, I get that and that makes sense. Wouldn't your blending improve if you said, hmm, here's a cigar that tastes completely different or how could I achieve something like that?
3: I remember um, the IPCPR in uh, New Orleans. Right. We released uh, the San Andreas, the Cameroon and the, we, we San Andreas and the Cameroon. And, I remember in pre-release, and I still have like seven or eight samples of pre-release Cameroon in my uh, in my humidor at home. Mm-hmm. I remember I was smoking these pre-release Cameroons with no bands, and Glenn was like, just tell me which, which blend that you really like, and, and you know we'll see what we think. And I remember I smoked that, and then I smoked an old Partagas 150, mm. which I think is one of the best examples of Cameroon that has ever been manufactured. Right. And I smoked that and I'm like, you know what? This is what Cameroon is supposed to taste like. Mm. We have really old African Cameroon, seven and a half years old was Mm. what we bought. Um, And so I was like, you know what? We've got to blend closer to something like this. We'll never be able to equal that, you know, but we got to blend something close to this. So that changed our perspective on stuff, smoking another example of that tobacco,
2: Mm. you know? So
3: I think you have to, or you're missing out. I think so.
7: Yeah,
2: I think so. Um, Final thoughts on this cigar. Final verdict on this cigar, Aaron. Big thumbs up. Big thumbs up for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not a three quarters thing. No, not a three quarters.
4: I'd go to this anytime.
2: You know, (laughs) anytime, anytime.
4: (laughs) You only have half a thumb to go. It's like here we are early in the morning. It's not knocking me on my butt, you know. It's it's right in my wheelhouse. You know, I'm a more medium mm-hmm. smoker, so yeah, absolutely, full thumbs up.
2: Yeah, big thumbs up for for me too. This is just a very very tasty, very consistent, very nuanced. There's lots of flavor going on. It's it's you know it, it, just a sweet, chocolatey, earthy, raisiny kind of party in your mouth, but it's it's not super strong. So you could have this in the morning. You could have this. This could be a great. Way to cap the end of the day, too. And yeah, yeah. again, long it goes the fantastic time. with the coffee. It is just a great coffee cigar. Coffee is one of my favorite drinks. And yeah. so, yeah, this just would go good with just about anything, I yeah. think. And a big thumbs up, I think, for you, sort of. <laughs> what, ha- what happened to your thumb, by the way?
3: Oh, I bought generic razors. Yeah. They just they broke, they shattered. I dropped it in the shower, oh. it shattered on the ground. And then when I was trying to attach the pivoty thing in the handle back to the razor blade, Instead of having the razor blade facing the right way, it was facing the wrong way, and oh, I shaved gosh. that chunk of my thumb <laughs> off. So I've been walking <laughs> around with this giant thumb for a couple days now. So.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, You didn't need
3: stitches or anything. I don't know. You I don't know. I don't even look at it. I just duct taped a bunch of gauze <laughs> to it. <laughs> I don't even want to look That's at so
4: it. That's so epic. Changing a fingerprint. yeah. All right. Well,
2: you know, guys, it's time to wrap up. Next week, next Wednesday, we're back at our rep- regular time, and we're going to be joined by J.R. Dominguez on that show, and we're going to be smoking two cigars. We're going to be smoking a Recluse, and we're going to be smoking a uh, Jose Dominguez. So you're going to want to come and see us on Wednesday, 4 o'clock, right here on YouTube. All right. You've been listening to The Ash Holes, unfiltered cigar radio broadcasting from the Sereno Royale Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You can download this and any other episodes you may have missed at iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Asholes and on Instagram at Radio. We'll see you Wednesday, 4 p.m. right here.